Good evening, Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship family, as well as the More Than Enough Ministries family, and all of our friends that joined us tonight for Kingdom 101 Relationships. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, and I am really glad to be back in my own kitchen tonight to teach this and to have this conversation with you. Let's go ahead and pray. We're going to do some reviews tonight and just listen for the voice of Holy Spirit uh, it's a few days before Christmas, and we're going to delve into more of what the Holy Spirit wants to talk about in terms of relationships. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. We praise you, Holy Spirit. I praise you, Father, for your wonderful word, for your matchless power, and for the opportunity to be alive and in the earth this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for communion, for your blood. And on and on and on it goes. I really thank you for being who you are. I worship you. I praise you. I present myself before you tonight to release the words that you have to come into our ears, to come into our hearts, to come into our minds, our will, our emotions, and to bring us into conformity, into alignment with your desires for us. I worship you. I thank you. And I praise you this night in the name of Jesus. Amen. What we're going to do tonight, I was, uh, and you will notice that it probably this particular broadcast is going to upload just a little late. I have been listening to find out, well, what, I don't really know that I have much to say tonight, Holy Spirit, until you give me something. And a lot of times I just, I, 98% of the time, I just do this very cold. I just come in and start talking. Usually that's when it's a live audience too. But uh, today I kind of, it's been a lot of things that are going on and I've spent a lot of time today in prayer for others. So I did not want to just come on and start talking. I wanted to make sure that the message that is delivered, the, the lesson that is taught is in alignment with what the Spirit of the Lord wants to talk about and not something that just came to my mind. And what I'm impressed to do is, as usual, is to be pretty transparent with you and to share a few of the things that are going on uh, around me, people that I see or know and, and things that I'm hearing. But we're going to do it in conjunction, in the flow of being in relationship with the Spirit of God. As you know, we have been for the last few weeks, and yes, last week I think I did this from the hotel room in Tupelo, Mississippi. So, uh, but we have been talking about relationship with God and our relationship with ourselves. And I, I know by now we've pretty much come to an understanding that in order to have the kingdom uh, relationship with ourselves, we're going to first have to have relationship intimacy with the king. Anything I talk about is going to talk about obedience, about intimacy with him, with the Holy Spirit, with, the, with Jesus, with the Father, because it takes connection to heaven to be able to release from heaven and to be able to live heaven on earth. And we're not going to be able to do that independent of him. We're not able to just pull something from the word of God and go, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do and just go on ahead and live independently. You cannot be independent in the kingdom. We must understand that the source of everything for us is the king himself. So the question, I'm wondering, I have not seen a whole lot in the chats, but has anybody had a change in your life where you can 
answer even more so, does God have the relationship with me that he wants? Is your connection with him moving in the direction that he desires? Are you finding that you hear him more or that you're listening for his voice more or that you're willing to make changes, sacrifices, give up things or take on things because it would please the king? Uh, The relationship that he wants with us is one where we are seeking to please him. That's a hint. If you didn't know it before, that is the relationship he desires, that our heart is speaking, if it pleases my king, then I will do so. And do you have, or do you have the passionate, all-consuming lover relationship with me that you desire? That was the question we were asking God, because he wants all of us, you know, and he is all-consuming, but he doesn't destroy. And so what can I do to be able to increase our love life? And again, it's when I seek first, Matthew 6, 33 really says it, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the things that we desire will be added to or the things that he desires actually to add to us. He will be able to add to us because we put him first. And that's, that's the gist of it. Everything else is going to come into that flow. So when my ways please the Lord, this is what we had said, when my ways please the Lord, The power that comes from humility and obedience will increase in me. And that's also an increase in kingdom power and I believe manifestations of heaven in earth because we're not seeking to add to a a social media page. We're not seeking uh, the news people to come out and, and to showcase us as a special edition of something. We're really seeking to please the king and to do the things that he wants to do. He'll, he'll see to it. He'll do his own publicity. If he wants something to be really spoken, then he, he will make sure that that happens. So all of this comes under alignment with what? Intentional superhuman living, which will lead to liberty and freedom. This superhuman living, intentional superhuman living is me making the decision, you making the decision that I live every decision, every word, everything that I say, everything I look for, every action I take, I am seeking to please the king. And it's it, it takes religion out of it because you have to be in relationship with him. You can't just write a list of do's and don'ts and follow them and think that that is what pleases the Lord because it does not. So This is what we're going to key in on. And also because Christmas is a few days away and the 2022 uh, year is is about to commence, I want to speak on some intentions that you have. I don't believe in what people refer to as New Year's resolutions. Uh, A lot of times those are just lies or plans and things, things that you're not going to you're not going to do. And especially if over the years you've said exactly the same ones and you at the end of the year, you're planning again to do whatever it is, quit, quit something, add in something, start doing something, then you may even do it for a few. But if it's something that a decision or a choice or a list of things that you've decided to do just because you're coming into a new year and you want to start fresh, start now and make it a part of the life that you live. It, it needs to be lifestyle. 
you can't say I'm going to put God first. I'm going to read my Bible more. And that's what I'm going to start to do as of January 1. No, talk to God now and find out in that word because reading your Bible just to read it, you may as well pick up a dictionary or, you know, some kind of novel. No, it's I'm going to listen to what God is saying to me. That's the purpose of the word of God. That's the purpose of what uh, our Bibles is to let him speak to us. So and to hear him and to flow and to walk in that relationship with him. And so for that reason, my recommendation to all of us is to get a, a, a true understanding, a God definition. Revelation is a God definition of what he is saying. He wants to reveal his heart to us. That's what a revelation is. So it's God opening up his own word to us, to our, and, and bringing our level of understanding to the place where light can enter into us, his light, and changes can be brought into our lives. So gratitude, this is an essential ingredient for kingdom life. And kingdom life is not a resolution that you make in, in January. Kingdom life is a decision that you make for eternity. We're not trying to do short-term things. We are always looking to bring about the power of the kingdom into our lives for eternity, which is a very, very long time. So gratitude, joy, righteousness, uh, faith and peace and, and, and all of these type of things. This is a part of it. And I know for me, when I look at these words I wrote about gratitude and timing and blessings and, and things of this sort, this is something that I'm learning to incorporate into my life. There are a lot of things that hit your heart and it hurts. I have experienced a lot of pain, not physical pain, but pain in my heart, uh, grief, even when I've seen some different things that are going on around me. Maybe it's people that I know, things that I see uh, as I'm praying. And when you, when you start to intercede, you pray a price. And so there will be piercings in your own heart because you're going to lay your own life and your own personal agenda down in order to submit to what God wants to do. And sometimes that hurts because you see what people are going through or you see the decisions that people have been duped into making. And it can it can hurt. So can rejection. So can uh, oh, so many different things. And sometimes when you pray for others, you can feel the rejection that's in the spirit realm. You know not to say to them, hey, I'm praying for you because, you know, you've been chain smoking for 20 years. And I'm not going to tell people things of that sort. I don't actually tell people what I'm praying for them about unless they asked me to pray. And then I just say, yes, I definitely will. But I don't pray what they ask. I pray what Father wants. I pray what the Spirit of the Lord gives me to pray. That way I know it's accurate. And I know heaven is poised to release the answer. So you always want to pray what God wants to pray. You always want to speak what God wants said. You always want to do what God wants done. Because then you're in a flow of power. You're in a flow of, again, intentional kingdom, supernatural living. And so it's intentional superhuman living. It's kingdom life. And so 
Gratitude is an essential in the kingdom. To be grateful, to have a heart that is filled with the gratitude and being thankful, it helps to protect us from complaining. The Bible tells you in the book of Numbers, I believe it's chapter five, there's a scripture I read years ago. It says, and I've read it since, and the people complained and it displeased the Lord. Contrast that to in the book of Hebrews, where it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those that seek to please him, I'm quoting that, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that would diligently seek him. So if you uh, are complaining, you're not going to please God because you're not seeking his way. God does not complain and God does not do a whole lot of fault finding contrary to what religious minds will tell you. Gratitude. And I I want to uh, try to pull in some notes of mine that I wrote. And I I know I shared these before, but I think it it bears sharing again uh, about gratitude, about speaking the desires of the king about, oh, come on, love. Um, sometimes when you're trying to work with a tablet, you, you get an interesting uh, thing happening. But you want to be able to release his heart, his desires, his, um, his pleasure. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Gratitude pleases God. Submitting to God's timing pleases God recognizing that you are blessed, even if you don't know all the blessings, because I, I don't see how we can count them. We can count health and strength and family and, and um, a roof over our head and clothes to wear and food to eat and so forth and so on. And those are definitely blessings. But there are spiritual blessings as well as physical blessings and emotional blessings. And there are relationship blessings. And there are, as okay, I think I said finance, but there's relationship blessings. And there are um, career blessings. You see, there, there, there's um, blessings of the mind, of thinking to, uh, thoughts that come that will bless you and then bless others. There's releases into us that allow us to be a blessing to somebody else. And so there are commanded blessings. <laughs> there are assigned blessings. There are so many types of blessings that you can sing those songs, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, and you know what you're talking about, but then you got you have to get heaven's definition of the blessings that you're walking in. There are surprises. There are encounters with God. There are encounters with God through other people. There are so many ways that the Lord has things that he has in store for those of us that seek him, for those that that have a desire to be in right relationship with him. That uh, if you reduce it to just a few little trinkets of things I think we missed the point a lot. So intimacy, intimacy is also important. So we have gratitude. We have submission to his timing. We have, um, we have blessings of, of, of intimacy. Intimacy with God is a blessing. To be a lover of God is one that is in a deep, intimate relationship that far surpasses a physical connection. And it's one that lets him love you and to allow the love that he puts in us to be released within and towards others and to receive his love for ourselves, and then let him love us. I don't know where you are with that. I don't, I I'm learning about where I am with that to relate, to allow him to love you. Maybe that's something you should look at for the rest of your days. How do I let you love me? How do I let God love? You know, 
sometimes you'll meet someone and uh, I'm thinking of a romantic type of relationship or a friendship where you're really interested in being closer to the person. There's something in them that connects with you and you feel like, gosh, I've got so much in me to release to you. And and you know that the spirit of the Lord has filled you up with it. And maybe you get super enthusiastic about it too, but they don't want it because you don't fit the profile or uh, whatever it happens to be. Well, rejection will come in. Why? Because you're filled with love for that person, but that person does not really want to have anything to do with you or they put you on a back. uh, uh, Well, you're not being cooked, but I'll use the expression, the back burner. They put you at the end of the list of the people that they prioritize. They're like, I like being friendly with you. I like saying hi to you. I even like chuckling over your little social media post or something of that sort. But to have a one-on-one conversation with you, maybe you come across as too intense or mayhap it's just that it's just not something that they're interested in. They don't know you and they don't want to get to know you. That's uh, That hurts. That, that hurts. I experience that quite often. I try to avoid doing that to other people, but sometimes even if you if you have the best of intentions, sometimes people do get slighted. When it comes to my attention, I try to do something about it. I don't run after people per se, but I definitely don't like anybody to be ignored. Even if they're saying goofball stuff, I still don't want to ignore them. So I have to comb back through uh, post and text messages and sometimes voicemail messages to reach out to people and say, my mistake or please forgive me because I did not see this or I'm just reading this or or whatever it is. I used to have a rule with people. If you send me an email or even if you call me, make sure that you text me to let me know that you did because I don't, uh, my primary form of communication seems to be the email, I mean, the the text messages, and then everything else kind of falls in a line with it. So I, I'm always telling people, even I know if I know them on uh, so, some form of social media, listen, if you if it's important, then you probably need to text me because that's going to vibrate. My phone's going to vibrate and tell me that there's messages there and things of that sort. But what I actually have to do is I have to... Um, I'm going to create my own little meme or something that just says, hold, please, which means I saw it, but I'm not ready to respond to it so that people do not go away feeling rejected or ignored. And I can't, I'm not responsible for other people's feelings, but I am responsible for my own actions. And I don't like to ignore people regardless, because to ignore is to treat them as if they're invisible. Too often we have paid attention to what the satanic realm is saying and ignored what God is saying. So we act like God is invisible because the the natural circumstances and the things that we see becomes more, uh, it becomes the highly visible things that we feel that we must contend with or deal with. And we can, if we do not have intimacy, treat the word of God and the person of God as though he is not a priority or we ignore him or overlook him. And that's what, if you have, you know, then a scripture or something comes back, you go, wow, I, I knew this. How, how did I forget this? Or something along those lines. And it, it's because there's no intimacy. And, um, you know, I would imagine that married people 
do not forget the spouse that they share the same bed with and share the same house with and share the same life with. But of course, I know that people do that. Even in these close personal relationships, sometimes a job or an obsession uh, of some kind of sports thing or something else will get their attention to the place that they ignore the other person or the children that that or the the whoever it is that they are in supposed to be in fellowship and close relationship with and that individual gets pushed back as a priority that means that intimacy is not there it is not at the forefront and intimacy is uh, we've said this before is a whole lot more than just a physical encounter here again this is a definition that i received i believe from the spirit of the lord that a lover of god is one that is in a deep intimate relationship with him a, a, a connection a conversation with him that far supersedes or surpasses a physical connection i am talking spirit to spirit the part of me that is alive to god is 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 in connection with him and i'm being fed by his presence and by his word and by his care, his love for me. Those are the things that we're, we're talking about here. It's one that lets him love. I am one that lets him love me or I allow the love that he, uh, that he puts in me to be released within me and to be released towards others. I receive his love for myself and then I choose to let him love me. Let him show me what he means by that. Because I don't know how many of you out there would, would agree with this statement, but when people tell you that they love you, don't you want to see how they love you? I get that a lot. Oh, I love you so much. Love you guys. Love you gals. Love y'all folk. Love your family. You know, those expressions. But it's like, how do you love me? And I'm not quoting uh, a poet. Um, let me count the ways. I just want to know what you mean by it, because it can become a very cliche statement. And I'm not meaning to offend anyone when I say that, because it, it's, are you there? Are you connected? Loving a person does not mean that you are intimate with that person. It does not mean that you have a day-to-day -day fellowship with them. And all of that is even with yourself. How connected are you with you? How much of what you really feel versus the emotions that you allow? How, how, much, how much do you trust yourself? How many things do you commit yourself to that you don't actually follow through on? Because that's going to give you a, a, an indicator of how much you actually trust what comes out of your own mouth. And then may have you project it onto others and say, well, you know, I know when I say stuff like that, I don't really mean it. So why should they mean it? I've had people question me in terms of the three words. I love you because I say it a lot. I write it a lot. I post it a lot. And I mean it every time I say it or I'm not going to say it. I, I just won't do it. I will not tell you I love you if I did not love you. But now some people will say, well, I want to be friends with you. I want an intimate, a more, uh, uh, I want to move to another a degree of acquaintanceship with you. I want to know things about you. I have one friend. She watches this. She and I are kind of doing questionnaires and it's been a minute since we uh, connected. I think it's been about two weeks. But I love the fact that we're like, okay, well, I like this kind of music and this and that. And, that. and as she's asking me questions about me, 
I am actually discovering things about myself that I had forgotten. I, I expressed to another friend uh, that um, I told her something that I want to do, that it's always been a dream of mine to teach in a Bible college. I really want to be, uh, I want to teach in Bible college. And she said, I didn't know that about you. It's like after, I think we've known each other about three years. It's like in three years, I've never said that. I didn't know that I had not said that because that's been something that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. And I know that one day I will. I even have a certain a couple of different schools in mind that are on the list that I'd like to be a guest. Uh, I guess you say professor. I ha don't have my PhD yet. I, I'm imagining I probably will get it. But um, but I want it to be, you know, because I specialize in certain things. And it's like, hey, I, I could teach on this or I could teach on that. So it's not something I'm pursuing. And somebody would say, well, why aren't you pursuing it? Because in the timing of God, it's already there. I would not have the desire to do it if it wasn't part of his plan. And what I've learned is that I don't have to pursue everything I desire uh, right at the moment that I'm thinking about it, because then I can get myself out of alignment with what his plans are. God said very clearly, I know what I'm thinking. I know the plans. That's the message uh, translation version of uh, Jeremiah 29. I know what I'm doing. He knows what he's thinking. I know the plans that I have for you. So I will speak those things and then look to see what does that look like? Mayhap in this season, I don't know what he wants me to know to be able to teach where he want, where he has assigned me. But part of my assignment in the kingdom is to teach. Is to, But I also have books that I need to write. And maybe the book itself um, has not yet come out. And I mean, I've got a lot of those. So, you know, you you have a desire for something that has come into your heart, then you can trust that the same God that put that desire in your heart has a has an absolute answer and plan for it. Many of you out here, uh, maybe especially in this particular season, and you're unmarried right now or you're sing you're living single. And you think, well, there's nobody for me or, I, you know, here's another year of it all. And I, I recommend you watch Apostle Dr. Baker's uh, programs on the More Than Enough Ministries or the Love and Unity broadcast site on Facebook because she's teaching specifically in uh, Tell It Like It Is, The Kingdom Way, uh, and also her Tell It Like It Is program, uh, Really Telling It Like It Is program, which is on the More Than Enough Ministries page as well as uh, most of the time we also put it on the astounding love page but she's talking about uh, getting your thoughts in alignment and living in the power of the kingdom during a season in your life where you may be a single person where you may not be in a, a two-party relationship a male female husband wife kind of connection and I think it's it's so excellent the things that are that she has to say, I think everything that she has to say is quite excellent, even when she's getting on my case. But um, the point is, is that the emphasis is not on you being alone because you are never alone. But if you allow the belief that you are alone to come into your heart, then you'll start a mat. You could possibly start imagining yourself in a relationship where anybody that even looks possible would be the desire, the one that you desire. I, I think too often, if you don't know who you really are in a certain area, 
you'll choose the wrong thing. If you don't know where you are, I'll use food uh, for this because food, there's, there is a relationship between you and the food that you eat. There is a relationship with you between yourself and your physical body. There is a relationship that you have between yourself and your mental uh, health. Uh, you're at your uh, all of the different aspects of living that we do. And so many, many uh, times over the last 20 years, I would choose the wrong type of person to be in relationship with because I just wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted to be somebody's girlfriend. Um, I wanted to be somebody that, uh, you know, I wanted to be his woman. Um you know, I wanted to be picked is, is, is basically what it is. And, and so life was like a junior high school dance where you're standing up against the walls, a wallflower, hoping that somebody will pick you and, and rescue you from the wall. And that's not good enough for God. And so my standards for my own life were low in, and always in comparison to his, unless I have God's standard, I was desiring things outside of his plan. Do I mean I was desiring to be in a relationship and that's outside his plan? No, that's not what I mean at all. What I'm going to tell you is that my eyes, my focus, and even my likes were so committed to I this this would fit. I could make this work. This 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 could work. Kind of things like that that I was accommodating my present instead of hearing from God about his my assignment and his plans. There are many things that look good to us and look right to us but they're not the God choice for us. That can be in your uh, interpersonal relationships. It can be in your food choices, in your lifestyle, in how you spend, in all kinds of things. I am not saying some kind of legalistic thing, like unless God tells you what kind of car you buy, should buy, you shouldn't buy a car. No, I'm not telling us that. That's that's ludicrous. I'm also not saying um, that unless God. Um, gives you a green light, don't talk to people. No, that's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying as you talk to people, listen to the spirit of God about who they are and where they fit. In this particular season, there are counterfeits out there. There are people that are assigned, even they may even be Christians, but they're not necessarily kingdom. And there are people that don't even know that they are on assignment to thwart your purpose. They are assigned in a moment. I'll give you a scriptural example. Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? And the apostle Peter or his disciple Peter said, you are the Christ. You are, you know, I know who you are. And he spoke by inspiration of the spirit of God. And Jesus responded to him and he told him how blessed he was and that flesh and blood did not tell you this, but the spirit of the Lord, he, the Holy Spirit told you this. And then later, as he was talking about what it is that he was supposed to do, maybe it was Peter's emotions, you know, or maybe it was the way that he was thinking that he, he wasn't listening to, the, he was not inspired by the Holy Spirit. As he tried to correct Jesus and say, oh, no, 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 that's not your future. And Jesus turned around and said he rebuked Satan. And some people, some scholars say he was talking to Peter. I think he was speaking to the demonic force because in the book of Luke, remember, it told us that after Jesus had uh, had defeated Satan, the scripture says that he departed 
until there was a better time. Now, what would that mean? It would mean since Satan was not able to tempt Jesus with the normal, with all the things, because Jesus being filled with being the word, the living word, was able to tell him, no, it's written that I will not, that I don't live by bread alone, but I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written, written, do not tempt the Lord my God. And when you try to bring this thing and tell me to bow down and worship you, I'm going to tell you to be gone. And so he had to leave. But the scripture says it was his intention to come back around again to see if there would be a better time. Well, what would be a better time and what would be the vessel or the means by which he would be able to do that? And as I was listening or looking at that and the spirit of the Lord is talking to me, I realized that the best way for temptation to come is going to be through other people. If you can't get in through your emotions, uh, your own emotions, and you're, you're connected to yourself to a certain degree, then it's going to be the things that people say that if they catch you in a wrong moment, whether you get insulted or you get feel rejected or you get your feelings hurt and you get wounded, but that is a, a way that the demonic sources will try to enter in and get you off track. So if you've been hurt, in a relationship. Oh, am I going to go there? Okay. If you've been hurt in a relationship of any kind by a child, uh, one of your siblings, a parent, um, somebody that you thought you would be with forever, any of those things, and you've been betrayed or you've been abandoned or you've been rejected or you've been broken up with or thrown out like the Flintstone cat, which that was my story, uh, whatever it happened to be, you probably ended up wounded and you most likely went through a season where the spirit of the Lord ministered to you and you finally got healed. Or uh, if you have a scar, it's healed. If it's still a wound, then you're still uh, allowing certain things to, to fester in you. But here's the thing. The Bible tells us, and I, I'm mixing scriptures all over the place. I, I will have to write these out for y'all and and because um, I'm not going to do it at this particular moment. I'm referencing scriptures and I can back up the things that I'm saying with the word of God else. I wouldn't be saying it. I want to I want to say this to you. You have to utterly destroy your enemy. You have to. We must destroy the things, the, the influences of darkness that managed to knock us down, even stretch us out. We might have been on in our face in the mud uh, when I got thrown away by a man that I trusted and I was betrayed. Oh, I, I've shared this and I'll, it'll bear witness later. But um, I think it took me about seven years, seven years to recover from that. But here's the, the thing. I did not go after the thing that hurt me. I only healed. I finally got to a place of wholeness, but I did not take the victory. I did not exercise victory over the things within me that would allow that thing to come. And if I don't deal with the insecurities, if I don't deal if I don't address, and when I say deal, deal sounds like a, a card game. Let me let me put it another way. If I don't address those shadows, those 
those hurts, if I don't address those sources on the inside of me with the word of God and the spirit of God and allow him not only to to heal, but to make me whole, if I don't go back and destroy the entrances to myself, the, the vulnerable places giving and how do you do it? You're going to give him you're going to give him preeminence, give God preeminence, my choices for myself, my choices for the type of man that I, I, I envisioned myself with, my choices for the body image, my choices for the lifestyle. Many of those decisions were built or rooted in rejection or insecurity, uh, a, a thing deep on the inside of me that said, I'll prove to these people that I'm worthy. I will, I, anytime you want to show somebody else that you are worth having, that you are worth loving, that you are worth this, I'll show them what I'm capable of, of getting. You are setting yourself up for a big fall. And the things that so easily beset you, this scripture I will give you, Hebrews chapter 12, um, having, uh, let's go ahead and go. So, you know, y'all know she she did speak scripture. Oh, yeah, she did. There was a moment when she gave us a word. <laughs> Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and or ensnares and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us now there's a, another translation of this um let me see if i can get to that i believe it's the message bible he says do you see what this means by all these pioneers who blazed the way veterans that are cheering that was talking about being encompassed about with the cloud of witnesses so um let us lay aside uh every weight okay here let me see which one do i want I'm going to read passion. It says, as for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and that and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already has been already marked out before us. My God, do you see that? Let's go there. Let me let me just go ahead and, and center on that one being the one. And let's go back to that again. All right. So I want to read that again. He said, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And it is in the Passion Translation. It says, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And see, when I say the sin, uh, you're reading that and you might be thinking, oh, being naughty, um, choosing to deliberately uh, do whatever it is that, that is counted as sin, but that's not it. Remember, death came into the world, or sin came into the world, and death came into the world through sin. Sin itself is, the, is every action that is contrary to what God has said. It's everything that is anti-kingdom. And so, you being hurt by someone else is a result of sin, not necessarily your actions, but the fact that sin exists in the world and it influences people. This is the thing that we're talking about so that you don't need to go through all the guilt 
issues of things of that sort. Because sometimes it's somebody that has sinned against you. And that is the word. So here he says, the wound that pierced you, it got to you. Man, you were carrying that thing around. You were hurting with it. I know I did. Like I said, for seven years, I couldn't look at certain cars. I couldn't look at certain TV shows that reminded me of this person. I There were so many, I would flinch at anybody that had a physical resemblance to him because I was so pierced through. I felt so betrayed. I felt so zero. I felt like a piece of trash, like a nothing. Worse than trash, but I'm not going to say that. All right. But I think y'all catch what I'm talking about. And I, I, I felt reduced to nothing. And so I did not function well. And he's saying, because that, because that wound had pierced me and the sin I fell into easily of the sin of what? Not going to God, but trying to overcompensate, trying to justify and trying to prove to this person that is no longer a part of my life. And I would not even, you know, expect to hear from, but still I'm going to show him what it is that he lost out on when he did what he did to me. No, no. You see, that's actually pride. That's actually um, a desire to uh, to show God that you don't even need him to do it. You know, I remember begging God to fix me so that this person would want me and, and all kinds of things that you do because you just that low. You have really been reduced to, to in your thinking and in your emotions, but not, not in the eyes of God. I wasn't looking at myself the way God saw me. I was looking at the, myself the way that man saw me and the way I saw myself. Numbers, it tells you that they said when they were told to go into the land and to spy it out. And they said, we are as grasshoppers in our, their sight and in ours or in our sight and in theirs. We don't amount to or measure up to anything. And this is how they saw themselves, but it was not how God saw them. He saw them with him. They saw themselves without God. You and I, you have to go back to the spirit of the Lord and say, I still have wounds that have pierced me and it keeps me from wanting to be intimate with you Frankly, because I didn't want to be intimate with God. I talked at him and to him, but I did not listen to him. I only wanted him to do something to fix me, but I did not want to hear what he had to say. I thought in my mind, he's going to find fault with me and tell me I tried to tell you and all this other stuff, which I'm sure he did. Because as I look back over some of the things I used to say back then, I know he was trying to tell me, but I also know that he wouldn't slap me around and call me stupid. I was doing that by myself and Satan was helping. So you have to look away. Verse 2 says, look away. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. I love the scripture. He endured the agony of the cross and he conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. But do you see that passion towards you? Do you see this desire for intimacy? 
that he, his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that we would be his. And so everything that he had to go through to pay the price for us to be his, he was willing to do. And that right there is a healing word. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two in the Passion Translation. He considered having us to be a great joy. We were trying to acquire somebody else. And so uh, those are those are some of the things that I, that I learned that it's like, wow, God, I, I don't even know why I did that, except that I, I was such a miserable person. And I thought that validation from the world was going to be something that would solidify my standing and make me look like I was somebody. And that man didn't want the excess me, the excessively large me. And he didn't, you know, he liked the way I talked and sounded, but he didn't want to be with me. And that's rejection. And that can hurt. Now, here's the thing. I was also rejecting myself. And that's why we're going to go back full circle to here to what we were saying. What do you know about yourself? And let's get even more personal. Where do you reject yourself if you do? Is there a place within you, something that you do, something, something about the way you look, something about the way you talk or walk or your education? Do you have despisement, uh, a sense of despising towards yourself? Do you direct anything of contempt towards yourself? Uh, how do you treat yourself? Are you worth dressing well or do you need to always look sloppy? Are you uh, worth uh, feeding yourself well or is it always drive through uh, fast foods and, and, and or, or things that have little taste? How well do you treat yourself? It is an indicator of how well you will allow others to treat you regardless of what you say. And, and so I, I, there's a lot of vulnerable people out here and there are a lot of predators that are, are they don't even know they're predators, but that spirit that, that drives them, their own wounds cause them to, to push, to fulfill a need that they have to have you because you may be exactly what they think they need in order to validate themselves. And I am just telling you, I, I've been praying for people. I have uh, my heart has been crying out for this because right now in this particular season, the spirit of the Lord is has been the, the movement and the things that are happening in the spirit realm and the, the ways that the kingdom of God is coming to to manifest and to be seen. Many of his men and women, his his fivefold, I pray a lot for apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I do because we are the equippers of the saints. I'm on my own watch about myself. And, and you know, what will I allow in? How vulnerable am I? Am I open to this? I, I've, I've been sharing about this. And if you listen to anything my mom says, then you've already heard parts of it. So I have been uh, over that seven year period of time that I was talking about, which is probably, it's been a lot longer than seven years now. It's been maybe 10, 15 years, something like that since all of that stuff happened. But I carried a lot of weight, a whole, 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 whole lot of weight. I'm not going into numbers because I, I really just don't want to. But I can tell you, because I've had some people ask me, so uh, Pastor Lanzine, or whatever name it is that they refer to me, uh, you know, you look so different and, you know, you look amazing. I love those words. Thank you for that. And thank you for your kindness. What is going on? And so I will just tell you that it's over 150 pounds thus far. I'm pretty much in the home stretch. 
and um, only have you know a very short distance to go. It's, it's the it's the victory lap now where all of the other transformations take place. But it but the motivation was intimacy with God. This is the difference. I, I I never went on a diet. Somebody said, well, what did you do? And it's what this is called is getting the plan from God. And it came from somebody else and then obeying. I obey because I love him. I say I fell in love with God. And suddenly Psalm 45, 11 in the uh, contemporary English version, which I've, I've shared with you many times, it's a go-to for me. The king is your husband. So do what he wants to do what he desires. God is not embarrassed by me, but he wants to pour more of himself into me. And the way that I was wasn't going to be able to take it. Do I look better now than I did 10, 15 years ago? I absolutely do. I am astonished and amazed at the light of his spirit. You see, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's not makeup. It's not this. It's not that. All those things are enhancers. It's the light of his word on the inside. It's the desire to please him. This will be your victory no matter what you're doing. If you are willing to lay, I'm talking to, to unmarried people at this particular moment, but I'm going to switch over to married as well. Um, if you are willing to put your choice for yourself before God, and walking away from it, if he tells you it's not what I have for you, then you will be on your way to the greatest victory that you have ever known. And for you married people, if you will be willing to lay your own opinions about your spouse and how they should treat you and the way that they should look and the way that they should talk, if you would lay that down and let the Lord give you his vision of that person, then your marriage will step into the fullness of your, uh, your the commission of the kingdom that you are put together for. You see, it's this is about fulfilling the commission, the mission of God for us. And you may have a picture of how that is supposed to look, but your picture is not necessarily God's picture. It may be the idea you got. And when you saw that person or when you married your, your spouse or you, whoever you're con considering, you're thinking, yeah, I can see how this would work. I could see how we could fit together. I could see. But that doesn't mean that you actually saw. You might not have seen what God has said. It, it's, it's, it's just that important because there are demonic assignments out there meant to derail you, meant to falsely accuse you, meant to set you up for failure, meant to, to get you uh, in this time, in this season, to get you so far off track. I'm simply saying, if it's worth having, it's worth letting God resurrect it if it's for you or leave it, let it burn on the altar, not the people. But the, the dream itself to make room in your heart to please the king. That's what I have chosen to do. I, I've had those hopes at a time or two, you know, a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, I think this is it. But it wasn't. And again, because of who my own degree of care for the person that God loves. Did you ever stop to consider that the way you treat yourself may be a mistreatment of somebody that God himself loves passionately. Anything that you try to give yourself that he did not, you know, 
let it go. That's 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 my encouragement to us. Uh, so you are going to hear this, whoever you are. This was not the direction that I planned to go, but I, I have to. I'm going to say it. It's just as I, I'll go back to something else too, because I'm saying you have to destroy the dream that that the need to be validated in the eyes of others, whether they ever see you again or not. You have to let go of the fullness of the wound. Remember, look at the scripture again. It says, we have to let go of every wound that has pierced us. You may be healed and still holding on to the wound, the memory of the thing and, and, and the way that you felt and you resolved within yourself. I will never allow myself to be treated this way again. I will never walk this route again. I will never, whatever your never is, but it wasn't God's never. Because you see, it wasn't about never allowing yourself to be put in that situation again. It was never giving place to the devil again by destroying utterly that thing that tried to destroy you. And that will only come from allowing the love of God to wash that thing out of you. And by getting God's word, his picture, his vision for you. And that doesn't come except through intimacy. So for me, if I meet somebody and I'm thinking, wow, that would be great. Maybe I'm go I just go back to the spirit of God. And he's nah, not that one, not that one, not because there was something wrong with them, but because for what I'm called to do and where I'm called to go, there is a commission. There is a connection that between that person and me that fusion of the giftings and the callings and the anointing is precisely right. Why? Because I'm his rib. <laughs> you see, because I will fit perfectly, even if I don't look like what the person wants, you know, uh, you, you don't necessarily fit somebody's idea. And I get that. I totally get that. But I think that maybe you should give up the idea instead of God's plan. That's a sea lot. That's a think about it. And I'll stop meddling with your stuff because I, I never tried to get in there anyway. First uh, Peter 5, 6 talks about the times that are in his hand. Let's go over there and let's look at that one. Um, I only have, oh, I don't know, about seven more minutes that I really plan. I try to keep these down to an hour now. I think that should make people happy because I am I can be very, very long-winded if I want to be. All right. First Peter, except for when Holy Spirit doesn't have anything else to say, then I'm done. All right. So first Peter five, verse six, and I'm still in the trance of uh, the passion. It says, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. In uh, the King James, it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And we had talked about how this word here is Kairos. This is the time, the, the season of God. It's, it's more than just an hour. It's the season. It's the, it's the, it's the actual, uh, if you will, spiritual location where the manifestation was to be. You are in the moment. We are in the place, in, in the spirit realm, where these things have our, the, the it is finished of our lives, where we're going to meet with that finished thing. And it would be what we call manifestation. You see, because everything that God has done, it is finished. And, and, and yet we, our lives are a journey, a walk to all of the different places where the things of God have been waiting in place for us. Uh, scripture, Genesis, 
when uh, Abraham took his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him. But provision had already been made because there was a ram in the bush, a ram in the thicket, in the thorns that was already there. The sacrifice was there, finished, ready before he even got there with his son. And yet his act of obedience brought him to the exact place where provision was. That to me is Kairos. That is the spirit realm has just opened. You've stepped into that place in the realm of the spirit, in the timing of God, where all of your natural circumstances and natural timing has to bow. That's the Kronos time. It bows uh, to the timing of God. The will of God being made known causes everything else to have to, to worship him. Because God does not worship others. We worship him. He does not worship us. He loves us. He has given himself for us through Jesus. But what he does not do is change who he is for us. He is everything that we need. And we get to change to be what? Um, You mean I just have to give up stuff? It's like maybe you should think about returning to the original intent. Because that's what we really mean by repent, which is changing your thinking and your behavior to align with the will of God instead of doing it the way that you want to. And so everything with God is about the way he originally set it up. He is restoring all the time, reforming all the time, transforming all the time, growing us up and bringing us to the fullness of his pleasure and his desire. But here the timing is in his hand. It, it is what it is. And so my expression of gratitude is a superpower that um, brings me from the wrong side of time into the right side, into the into the God side. It takes me out of the natural into the supernatural intentional life that he has meant. And so um, this impartation uh, or ha- having impatience, I get to move from impatience into gratitude for the timing and for the truth that God has a plan. I get to uh, have to allow the ability to obey him. That comes from intimacy. I have through this intimate relationship with him, the ability to obey him, to obey the one that I love. You see, everything is motivated by love. Jesus told us in John chapter three, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. This is the love that he has expressed. And so me as a recipient of his love, what's the best gift I can give him myself, my obedience to him? He is my lover. And so my superhuman uh, transformation, it comes through obedience. I am being personally supernaturally transformed and it's all working from the inside to the outside. What you see on the outside is a reflection of what changes the spirit of God makes on the inside. I'm being perfected, but that doesn't make me perfect. Uh, the way the, the 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 low standards of the world are not the standards of God. We think that the the things of the earth are the are the superpowers, but they're not. They're too low in their standard. Your concept of beauty, your concept of success, your concept of, of, of a great marriage or the perfect mate or the or perfect children or whatever it happens, the perfect life. It may, if it's based upon something that you've seen in the world, then the standard is too low for the kingdom because what God has, what God desires, what he um, speaks is at a level that we have to be raised up to, not something that we step it down into. And so again, whoever you are, I, I'm going to 
I'm going to leave it at that. I'm about out of time for what I wanted to do tonight. Um, I, I pray. I, I Well, I'm sure I did it. I just don't quite know what it was. I was quoting to you a few weeks back from uh, Annette Cap's book, Quantum Faith. And one of the things that I want to reiterate one more time is that our thoughts and beliefs produce an energy that people can perceive and react to. So sometimes you draw these things of darkness to you because they can pick it up like they can smell it. They can smell the death. They can smell the decay. They smell the desperation. They smell the hurt, the wound from it. And so you can draw to that even the words that you're saying or allow yourselves to believe about yourself. It has to be through intimacy with him that he introduces you to you, how he sees you. And another one. So do you want to reinforce that which exists in your current life? You think if you're desperate to hold on to something, it's probably not for you. If you resist truth and you fight back, then it may be evidence of, 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 a, of a spiritual force that is not the voice of God. And so those are things that you have to. We have to. We must um, take in and take back to the spirit of God and be willing to allow him to be what he is. He's not ruthless. He's truth. He is truth. Um, a scarcity mindset hears a different voice from that of the mind of Christ. That's something that the Lord gave me. But this was the book. Uh, I hope you can see it. It's called Quantum Faith. It's a very small book and it was written uh, quite a while back. And I show you, this is my personal copy. And as you see, even in these little books, I find, I love the things that people say that point me back to Jesus. That's what the whole intent is, is to point us back to intimacy with him. God is not limited to the things that you and I see. There is an infinite supply of substance waiting to be manifest according to your beliefs and words. So he wants you to believe him. He wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to hear him. That's what God spoke to Peter and James and John, I believe it is, when they went up with Jesus at the time of what they call transfiguration or the episkiazo, the, the entrance of the light of God and the transform, transformative power that Jesus experienced, that same overshadowing that first entered into Mary and actually was the cause of him um, being uh, placed in her womb. But here, as him as himself, he goes and he has that same Holy Spirit encounter, episkiazo, where the birthing of that, uh, if you will, the seed of the fulfilling of his mission, it was lit up on the inside of him. And and so there was no doubt whatsoever that he was going to succeed. No doubt whatsoever. He, his that transformative power that allowed him in the radiance of the light that he is and that he came from to be seen through him. And that's also our privilege, which next uh, week we'll talk about it because we'll we'll finish out this year with this particular aspect of relationship. And then in 2022, in January, we're going to talk about most likely your relationship with family. And then in February, because it's not love month. No, it's not. Every month is. Um, every day is really. But in February, um, we're going to talk about romance uh, on another level. And I, I think that's very exciting. But at any rate, I think that's pretty much it for tonight. I, I really want you to pose your questions. I really, I am a pastor. I am a teacher. I'm a, I'm a student of the word. Yes, I have certain training 
in um, being able to help counsel people and do things of that sort. And I'm so blessed to have a mom who is also my apostle, as well as one of my spiritual fathers, that has such giftings and ability to operate in the anointing of God. I'm talking about Dr. Baker, Apostle Baker, that I have somebody that I can go to that can help me to help others. We go to the spirit of God. We go to Holy Spirit, but she's also trained. And, and so I, my heart is to help people to break through. I, she helps me and others, my, my other spiritual dad, Apostle Eddie Maestas of Loving Unity and some others that I call Papa, including um, Apostle Ronnie Robinson and, and all of the, the, um, the apostles and prophet uh, Andrew that's on the Loving Unity Senior Council, they're such a tremendous uh, asset. And there's other apostles that are not a part of Loving Unity that I've been blessed to have speak into my lives and my life. And um, prophets that I know, some are friends and, and dear sisters or family. And um, as I said, other apostles, I'm, I'm thinking of Apostle Raymond Williams and Apostle Mark Jones, C. Jones, both out of Tampa, Florida. And and I mean, I can just go on and on and name drop. Um, and at some point, I probably will or just put other names out there. But there's more. I'm so blessed to have such a, a vast resource of wonderful men and women of God that love the Lord and love me because of him. And I, I want to say thank you also to my um, other spiritual papa, but I call him Uncle Cal. That's Apostle Calvin Cook. And um, others that are, are they're, they're, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Uh, these specific individuals have just made some impact in me recently, and 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 they say things because they care. the the heart, the father heart of of God, Apostle Michael Fram is another one. Um, I'm I'm name dropping most of them. I don't know that they would ever even hear what I'm saying, but they have spiritual sons and daughters that I'm blessed to know now, and so I get that love, uh, Apostle Don Hughes, because of his spiritual children because of Apostle Fram's children. Um, my blessed brother, Apostle Robin Beach, um, I may as well name everybody now, Apostle A.J. Nunez and Apostle Marshall McGee and Apostle Jack Irving. And um, God, don't let me forget anybody tonight. Um, that's the problem with it when you don't have everybody's name written in front of you. Okay, uh, Prophet Andrew Gonzalez is another one. And uh, it, but it just goes on and on, this this ability. Apostle Barry Cook, um, who am I leaving out? I hope nobody, if I did, please forgive me and just put your name in there and I'll let people know how much I'm blessed by each and every one of you. Apostle Baker, of course. I love you all so much. I love the astounding love of Global Church uh, family. I love um, the ministers that are on staff there and all of the different people. I love my intercessor friends. I love my my dear sisters and friends and the women that I'm about to be able to do a program with coming up. Uh, actually, next week we'll do the debut for Kingdom Conversations. And I could go on and on and on. And again, if I if I left out your name, which I know I did somebody, I'm so, I apologize. I'm just trying to talk off the top of my head and that's never a good idea. Um, but uh, they come from Texas. They come from uh, Ohio, they come from back east and, and down south and all around the world. These are the people, men and women of God. I also want to say that I'm, I'm blessed by Apostle Peter Mitchell, who is out of Australia, and, and the words that the Lord speaks. I've watched these men and women go through things. I've watched them 
Uh, I've learned from them. I grow from them as I as I see the things that they go through, the battles that they take on, and then their humility and their willingness to be transparent. This is what uh, helps me to grow up. This is what helps me to desire to be the same way toward you. I have these excellent examples of men and women that love God and submit to him and allow him to to speak and to, um, you know, to have his way with them. So that's really it. Uh, if I know you, then you matter to me. And um, if I didn't mention your name, that's okay, because I do know who you are. And if you just pop your name in there and say, hey, what about me? I'll say, yes, you too, because you matter to me that much. I love you so much. And I, I really appreciate you joining in and, and, and um, uh, tuning in with us tonight. This is the Wednesday night Bible study, which I'm actually late posting, but you all get it and you'll see it maybe on Thursday if you don't see it tonight. So remember Astounding Love, a global church fellowship uh, also to if you're going to do that, your tithes and your offerings and so forth and so on. And I won't see you again until after Christmas. So I, I extend to all of you a blessed Merry Christmas. I'll get to see you before the new year. I'll come back live next week. I love you. I truly do love you. I'm praying for you. And I sincerely mean that. I I trust God has some amazing, amazing breakthroughs coming your way. Let him love you. Let him love you. Receive his love. If you don't know how, ask him. He will show us the way. I am Pastor Lansing Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship and More Than Enough Ministries. I love you astoundingly, and I will see you next week. Merry Christmas.